Hey everyone, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Literary Latte Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. And I'm Katie. And we are back at you with another book for June. We're starting a whole new book today. Um, Slight change of plans, though, because I believe on our last episode, we ended saying that we were going to be covering Before the Coffee Gets Cold. Um, We started reading it and we just weren't really connecting with the book. I don't know. Like the story, I thought the story would just be more interesting. And I just, there was something about it I wasn't liking. I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it, I think it eventually probably would get better. But what I was expecting it to be and what it ended up being were two very different things. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe once like in the future we'll try to revisit but in the meantime we decided that we would change the book and go a little bit of a different route i feel we haven't really tackled a relationship drama like this i would say but like i feel like it almost piggybacks off the silent patient in a sense in the sense that it like it focuses on a very dysfunctional marriage like Theo and Kathy's from the last book uh, but still within the like it, I think it's it's within like the thriller genre but um before we dive into the book Katie how are you I am good um it is Tuesday so I have been at work all day um very tired but that's okay good weekend we met to talk about <clears throat> the May book on Sunday and went to the Oxford Exchange, which if you have not been, highly recommend. It is phenomenal. All the food was so good. So good. That whipped feta. Oh, yeah. The whipped feta was like, oh, my gosh. I do. the My only thing with the whipped feta is that I wish that it came with like toasted sourdough instead of like the pita bread. Yeah, that would have been I felt like it needed like some kind of crunch. Um. But it was very, very good. Um, yeah, had a great time. So, it was good. It was, it was it was nice to get together with you and our other members of the book club. Yes. And y'all, we're pretty much TikTok professionals. <laughs> we True. did a TikTok voiceover that was almost perfect. Like first try, yeah. got it. Like perfect. Now I cannot be the person operating the the camera, the video. Like you can't do that. We learned that very no, quickly. I had to record myself <laughs> and Katie, but that's yeah. okay. But when we when Brandon finally recorded, we hit it on the first try. It's very we, proud. It was pretty impeccable. So you really should follow us on TikTok at the Literary Latte Podcast. And I also posted it on Instagram at the Literary Latte. Oh my God. That's actually a mouthful when you try to say it fast. Yes. I just now yeah. realized. Also on Instagram at the Literary Latte Podcast. Post it as a reel, you know, trying to keep up with the socials. So go That's ahead true. and follow us to see the magic that is our TikTok Indeed. capabilities. I know. We are pretty stars. Amazing. I did see The Little Mermaid for a second time with Gia. <laughs> I love that for so you. So great. It was good. Um, so yeah, that was my weekend as well. Um, and I go into the office tomorrow, so I'm not looking Oof. forward to it. Yeah, I do too. All right. So our book of the month, we decided for June. We were looking through the, because Katie just got a Kindle. She joined the Kindle hey. fam. So we were looking through Kindle Unlimited. And we saw this, or actually, I saw this book was available. And I was like, this seems to be kind of like a vibe we would like. So the book of the month for June is Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney. And let's go ahead and read the summary. Think you know the person you married? Think again. Things have been wrong with Mr. and Mrs. Wright for a long time. When Adam and Amelia went a weekend away to Scotland, it might be just what their marriage needs. Self-confessed workaholic and screenwriter Adam Wright has lived with face blindness his whole life. He can't recognize friends or family, or even his own wife. 
Every anniversary, the couple exchanged traditional gifts, paper, cotton, pottery, tin. And each year, Adam's wife writes him a letter that she never lets him read until now. They both know this weekend will make or break their marriage, but they didn't randomly win this trip. One of them is lying, and someone doesn't want them to live happily ever after. Ten years of marriage, ten years of secrets, and an anniversary they will never forget. Very intense. Very intense. I feel like, are we, like, subconsciously trying to convince ourselves to not get married? Oh, you know what, Katie? Considering our long talk we had before recording about marriage, maybe it maybe. is a bit ironic <laughs> that we're reading this book in conjunction in conjunction with um Jay Shetty's Eight Rules of Love. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that in the moment when you suggested it, but it is kind of funny. It's um, we're ba- it's it's all about balance. It so is we've balance. got you know Jay is going to try and help us see. The, the skills we need to love someone and then this book is going to be like don't do that they're going to murder you yeah you know I really like there's nothing like balance by picking books that are the polar opposites of each other uh, no true. middle ground in no this middle book ground oh, extremes only extremes only, only but I'm excited for it but yeah that definitely was a captivating summary and I yeah. do have to say it's going to take everything out of me not to like, like I'm going to make a pointed effort not to pull a silent patient and finish the book early because I really wanted to keep reading because mm-hmm. we're doing, I think we're doing four episodes for this book and we're doing like yeah. roughly 70, 75 pages each one. I really wanted to keep reading after the last part in this one, but I didn't. That's, so. I'm proud of you. I'm, proud I'm of actually you. glad we're also reading eight rows of love. So at least I have something else to read. <laughs> it's true valid points but um before we get into the summary katie are you liking the book so far i do like the book so far i am fascinated by the face blindness um i knew this was a thing but the way that it's described is not what i thought it was mm-hmm. uh i thought face blindness was like you just didn't remember like what people looked like but the way that it's described in the book it's like he can't distinguish features so it's not even that like he can see people and then he just forgets what they look like. It's like he can't even tell like he can't tell yeah. like what um like if someone has like a big nose or like what color eyes they have. Like they talk about just like the it, what it, there's a a way that it's described at one point when when he's looking at his wife. It's like her her features like swirl in front of his face or something like that. Um, yeah, which I'm like, that's so freaky. And also like how like when you guys first started dating, how did that work? Because my thought is like if you if you can't if it was what I thought it was and you just don't remember people's face, then I would think that you would like take a picture of the individual and just like have it as your like your phone background or something so that every Mm -hmm. time you looked at your phone you were like ah yeah okay this is what my partner looks like and then like that's kind of how you would sidestep that but it sounds like he would not even be able to like tell her like tell her part at all um like if he had to be like oh she has this or that like i just i don't quite understand how yeah it actually works He can't see the features. Like, it's pretty interesting. I do have a, like, I know, there's something with his sight, though. Like, I don't know. Because there was a couple things they were dropping about his sight that I was like, Mm -hmm. is his sight bad? But I guess it would just be faces. But that is odd that it's just faces. But I mean, I don't know enough about it. So, like, not to say, like, I don't know. So, but it is pretty interesting. I do have to say. Yeah. Do you think it applies to pets? Like they have a dog named Bob. I don't know why the dog's name is Bob. Um, um but... I don't know. They don't, he hasn't mentioned it because usually he mentions or she mentions what faces he can or can't throughout this first yeah. part. But the, he never mentioned anything about the dog. This first part it definitely sets up a lot, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of build up, a lot, a lot of, of setting bitter. the foundation. Oh my god, the bitterness! A lot of bitterness. <laughs> 
so much bitterness. Like, um, so, yeah. so the book doesn't have like chapters. Like, I guess it does have chapters, but it's like one of those books where it's like it's from a different person's point of view. So yeah. it goes back and forth between Amelia and Adams. Yeah. And then also letters that Amelia mm-hmm. writes. Yeah. So. Like, it's not it's not numbered chapters. So it starts off with Amelia. Amelia is driving her and her husband, Adam, from London to Scotland for a weekend to try and save their marriage. This is at the suggestion of their marriage counselor. Amelia wants to try and save it, but ultimately wonders if being alone is best. We learn that Adam has a neurological glitch, which means that he can't distinguish features on faces. This has caused a lot of social anxiety and led him to not want children because he can't bear the thought of not recognizing them. She kind of alludes to them growing apart and Adam running away from problems. He's always been good at running away, especially from reality. He he also runs marathons. So it's kind of all uh, within the same vein. Adam is a screenwriter and sold the rights to his first screenplay when he was 21. He has made a career of turning undiscovered novels into blockbuster hits. This has created a good bit of jealousy with Amelia because he would rather take a book to bed than her. Amelia works at the Battersea Dogs Home and prefers spending time with dogs over humans because they don't know how to hate. Doesn't reveal Tell that to the dog that chased me in my neighborhood when I was 12. Bitter much, Brandon. Wow. It was scarring. It wasn't that scarring. I, that, would, like, that would be a little scarring. At 12 years old, to have a dog chase you, that would be scarring. I mean, it did. It didn't really bite me. Its tooth did scratch my hand. Mm. But it, it could have been worse. It's understandable. Still, not yeah. all dogs are kind. That's true. They're not. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. She doesn't reveal why she works there. In fact, it says that she would rather forget. They've been driving in a snowstorm and almost hit a deer in the road. They start to argue because Adam said that this was a bad idea to begin with due to the storm. He began searching for his phone to help them find their way when Amelia reveals to us, the audience, that she took his phone and left it at home. Says she plans to teach him a lesson this weekend that doesn't require his phone. Like, nah, man, come on. I mean, it's just right off the bat, I'm like, okay, so is Amelia the one that has other plans this weekend? (laughs) I think so. I think they both do. Uh, they eventually oh, yeah. make their way to Blackwater Chapel, where they will be staying. Adam is able to read the printed directions fine and see a lot of things in the dark. So how bad is his sight, really? That's what I was thinking. I was like, okay. even though I know it's just the faces, but I'm like, it's mainly because Amelia here, and I think in a couple other points, kind of points out, like, I don't know how he was able to see this. Yeah, or like that's weird that he saw this. So yeah, uh, I, I didn't pick that up. That's a good I will insight. say the silent patient has put me in a mindset of like I'm Inspector Gadget. Like I'm looking through everything. I'm like, what does this mean? I have to write down this theory. All right, Nancy so, Drew over there. I'm trying. I'm trying. Or Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. I'll take Nancy. Um, this is also <laughs> where we re- learn that they have a dog named Bob that they have brought with them on this trip. Oh yeah, it was like it was just them being like passive aggressive and arguing, yeah. and then all of a sudden it was just like the dog in the back woke yeah. up. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, they approach the converted chapel, but the doors are locked. Amelia said the owners should have opened it. They circle around looking for another entrance, but when they return to the front, the doors are wide open. I would have. <laughs> I think I would have got in my car and left. No, I definitely would have. And I don't care if I drove eight hours. I would have been like, yeah, we're yeah. driving eight hours back. Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty Another questionable. Note... Oh, what? Sorry, go ahead. Um, oh. it, it is mentioned that they're low on petrol at one point before, like right before they get to the chapel. Uh, it She says that they're low on petrol, but they haven't seen a gas station in over an hour. So I was like, how are you going to go home? Well, one of them isn't going home. <laughs> Evidently not, but like the other one um, has to go home. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it, there was a lot of bad choices because it was also like it's a snowstorm and there's like all these like highlands and they're like driving yeah. through it in like a beat up car. Yeah. I'm like, this is so wasn't... many bad choices made. 
Because, like, I get wanting a weekend away, but if the weather is bad, like, don't drive eight hours. Like, go find somewhere else to stay. You know what? Questionable choices. But these people seem questionable. Agreed. Um, We go to Adam's perspective. And Amelia and Adam are standing outside, cold, wondering how the door opened. We learn Adam has been suffering from a headache after drinking the night before with someone he shouldn't have. Potential infidelity? That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. We'll learn more about that later. Well, not actually in this part, but yeah, hopefully, I have no idea. Hopefully, at some point Probably in the book, foreshadowing. <laughs> Adam reveals he hates when Amelia says she doesn't understand him. She likes animals. He likes fiction. Both are an escape from reality. However, they started preferring these escapes more than each other. Adam wants to write original work, but is still making novels into films. His neurological disorder proves a challenge in work and relationships. He never tells people about it because he doesn't want it to define him and doesn't want to feel like a freak. They almost get into a fight when Amelia sees he brought his laptop for work. Adam reveals he had a good superficial life, like made money, but all the things they don't have are harder to see. They bonded over his mother dying and father leaving when he was young and her being born an orphan. All they ever really had was each other. This definitely provides some context as to why they have been together for so long, I would say. Yeah, trauma bonding for sure. Adam is not hopeful at all that this weekend will save their marriage. He hates their counselor, Pamela, and had a different plan on how to deal with the marriage. They go inside the chapel, but Adam is spooked. It's very creepy with mirrors everywhere and rusty nails, antique furniture, and dust everywhere. He feels the beginning of the relationship was amazing, but she changed, not him. The door slams shut behind them and startles them, but no one's there. First off, Mm? everyone changes. So you cannot say that in 10 years of marriage, you have not changed. And if you haven't changed... That's mm, an issue. That's bad. That's bad. Um, Yeah. Another creepy part, I think it's in this section, is that's where they talk about the the dusty bench that... um, like a, a smiley face shows up in and Adam's like, I, I mean, I think Amelia's like, don't do that. That cre- that's creepy. And to the, uh, like to the reader, it's revealed. Like Adam's like, I didn't do that. Oh, I don't know. I might've been this part. Yeah. It's, um, it's, there's like creepy stuff happening. There's some things going on with this place. I mean, it's a, dilapidated chapel in the middle of the dark in the mountains so i wouldn't expect it not to be creepy but um i don't know yeah i just like the the way they try to like stay and like make it work i'm like i would have been gone there would not have been a book like i would have been like okay bye yeah i would i guess we'll get a divorce it's fine (laughs) yeah so we have the first of amelia's letters to adam So Amelia is talking about how their romance started at the electric cinema. They moved in together and she realized that he had a lot of clutter and that reading and writing were a huge part of his life. Duh, he's a screenwriter. That's okay. Um, She chose to accept this, but their first big fight was when she read his manuscript for Rock, Paper, Scissors. He got mad because it was never made. He never made it to the big screen. Um, can I just say, because I added a note to this, mm-hmm. her letters are so passive aggressive. Yes. And so, like, I read them and I, like, cringe. I don't know. Like, there's something about these letters that give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I mean, there's something to, like, writing to vent about a situation, or in this case, about your partner, but yeah, I don't know. It's she'll weird. just be like, you know, you. I didn't know you'd have so much clutter, and like the thing about you is you're so self-involved. But I love everything yeah. about you. And then yeah. like when she's like, you know, you're writing novels, you're writing screenplays for novels other people wrote. Meanwhile, your favorite stories have been left to die, and that must be unsettling. Yeah, and by the like the whole idea for her writing the letters came from that screenplay. So 
Yeah, <laughs> which I think we'll learn about in a little what. Because at first they're not telling us, like, they keep mentioning rock, paper, scissors, but we're like, what is this even about? I think at one point she says it, kind of. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know. It's, um, she's an interesting one. I don't know about yeah. Amelia. But also, I, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be hard. Like, it, she does say in here that, like, it's hurtful when he chooses fantasy over spending time with her. So True. it's understandable. Uh, she starts to sound discouraged because he won't let her get a dog. There, were, But then there was an abandoned dog that she really wanted at work, but he said no. She got news that someone wanted to adopt the dog. And when she went to see the prospective people who want to adopt them, because all, all of the... All of, like, the potential owners have to, like, go through her and she has to approve them before they can get the dog. Um, she she saw that the dog was in the hallway and that had a collar on that said, will you marry me? She was so happy she went into shock at first when Adam got down on one knee. They played rock, paper, scissors to determine her answer and she won, which meant yes, which is interesting. I don't know yeah. how I feel about that. It was... I don't know. Yeah. She, Even though she, I think it was like a joke thing because it was like he knew like it was just like a funny thing between them as like a yeah. wink to like the book. But it yeah. was just like random. I was yeah, like, I don't get this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she said that he often used big words and would tease her for not knowing what they meant. She said words didn't have as much meaning to her as they did to him. However, she decides in honor of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a story where a man writes his wife every year and on their anniversary, even after she dies, that she would write him a letter once a year. This all this made me think, is Adam dead? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, is Adam deceased? <laughs> Uh, are we like, getting is, like like this? is he a ghost like he's arguing he's like so she's like she's gone insane and maybe she's like writing as adam i don't know or maybe it's like leading up to her like maybe she's like did plans she's like has him tied up and is reading these letters to him because i'm thinking back to the wow. summary how like she said it said he didn't read them until now so i'm like I'm like, is he dead? <laughs> Maybe. Adam. Maybe Amelia is the one that, well, I guess Amelia was driving, so that doesn't really make sense. I don't know. It's Maybe weird. Both died. That reminds me of some movie. I think it was Nicole Kidman, where it was like her and like two kids, and we thought they were alive in a house, and then they ended up being like dead the whole time. Oh, I forget what it was I called. Like that. Um, but anyways, we go back to Adam. He reveals to us that he was actually the one who slammed the door, but he blamed the wind because he didn't mean to do it so hard and he didn't feel like being told off by Amelia. Um, They find their way to a normal looking kitchen and see a note that tells them to make themselves at home and letting them know where the food and stuff was. Adam asks who wrote the note because Amelia said she wanted won the vacation in some raffle at work. She kind of seems confused, says she doesn't know, but got an email that she won from the housekeeper along with details. Seems like she's definitely hiding something. Yeah, it was definitely like like talking around the answer a lot. And I was like, this is a very easy question. Right. It's it's a pretty like, like straightforward question. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? And she's just like, I think I got an email from someone. Must have been the housekeeper. It's like, how do you not know anyway? Yeah. I'm not driving eight hours to a chapel if I don't like. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I need to look this up on Airbnb. Okay. Right. Yeah, we need to verify this. We need some reviews. Um, they move along the ground floor and light the fireplace and candles for warmth and light. It feels more cozy and less creepy. Adam does notice indentations on the sofa as if someone had just been sitting there. So creepy. <laughs> They try and play music, but Adam remembers his phone is at home. He reveals that he actually saw her take it from the car and put it in the house before they left. He wonders what's going on with her and why she's lying so much. Valid question. Mm -hmm. Hey, switch back to Amelia. They try and find food and Adam plays an album that they love listening to when they first met. Amelia says she always believed in and felt protective of Adam. She takes this approach to work as well when vetting potential owners of dogs. Amelia is scared of losing Adam because she's never known what it's like to have a real family. It's revealed that her parents died in a car accident on the way to the hospital to deliver her. 
a doctor driving uh, by them on the road delivered her on the side of the street and named her Amelia after the pilot. She went from one foster home to the next until she was 18. They eventually do find the freezer with hundreds of frozen individually wrapped meals. Adam finds a, a torch, a flashlight, and Amelia re- realizes that they are standing on old headstones. Adam leaves leads them to a wooden trap door to try and find wine. The place just gets creepier and creepier. So it really does. It's like, like there's, just, I can't. There's dust everywhere. There's indentations in the sofa and then there's just hundreds of like frozen food options and they're standing on tombstones yeah and now they're gonna go to a trap door to find wine it's i i'm not going through a trap door these people i can't i will say i feel like now that we're reading more books just so many different details kind of remind me of different books like amelia's job at like the dog um place it reminds me kind of of alice from this time tomorrow like the vetting process of she worked as like a school um it wasn't a guidance counselor what what would it be admissions officer admissions officer and um she had to like vet them to see if they could go to the school then with this car accident and like the parents dying it's reminding me of alicia and her mom from mm-hmm. the silent patient. Well, also, um, the 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 guy from oh, I guess it wasn't yeah the guy from tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Um, oh yeah, his car accident with his mom. His, yeah, his mom. Yeah. There you go. Um. Also, I will say too because we had said before, oh, this couple kind of reminded us a little of Theo and Kathy. I will say at least with these people, they like talk about their issues, like they're kind of. At least, they, like you know, I, you know, they're not going to go six years without Theo saying that he had a part in your mistress dying. So there's at least valid, that. valid point, valid point. Unless you never know. Um, we go to a letter that Amelia had written, um, Adam called Paper. It was written February twenty eighth, two thousand nine. It was their first wedding anniversary. Um. This is where I also write, or one of these people goes, because it keeps referencing the rock, paper, scissors plot. Um, They got married on a leap year and honeymooned in Scotland. Um, Amelia tries to engulf herself in his world to understand it, being his first reader, leaving notes, etc. Amelia reveals to Adam that Henry Winter, one of his favorite authors, agent, has died. This could possibly lead to him agreeing to let Adam make a film of one of his highly popular murder mysteries or thrillers. Adam was hesitant, and Amelia tried to persuade him to try. She gives him an origami crane, because paper is a traditional gift for a first wedding anniversary, and the crane is a symbol of happiness and good fortune. Adam forgot it was their wedding anniversary due to the leap year. He made up for it with some sex. Um, he had work to do, though, so Amelia went to spend the afternoon in town. She came home that night to candles and a dinner set up. He gave her an envelope that said happy anniversary, and inside said he said yes. They celebrate Henry Winter agreeing to let Adam adapt one of his novels. Adam is the first screenwriter this has happened to, because I guess Henry was pretty, like, wasn't giving his novels out for people to make it to films. Adam's agent had called him and said Henry Winter wanted to meet him. Adam went that afternoon. They talked about his novels, Amelia, life, and then half an hour after he left, his agent called and said Henry wanted him to write an adaptation of his first novel, The Doppelgangers. This reminded me also of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, because remember that plot where, like, the game, it was like they were going to name it Doppelgangers, but oh, yeah. they were like, nobody knows what that word means. And yeah. Then, like, they called it some high school or something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it's called. called. But yeah. Um, this brings Amelia to tears. They celebrate and he goes to bed. And Amelia lets us know that he only got the deal because of her. And yeah. So I'm interested it's... to see uh, yeah. that. <laughs> like, is Amelia having an affair with this guy? Oh. Like, what's going on? Uh, And like... The other question that I had in here um, is that 
Like, does he does he recognize? Yeah, he, he obviously he doesn't recognize Henry in later parts of it. But then it seems like he didn't have an issue here, or maybe he just because he knew he was going to meet him that it. Was I would fine. say that it was like, oh, this is Henry Winter. Yeah. But like, how do you know for sure that it was Henry Winters if you if you like can't find like distinguished like Like, how do you know they're not playing a prank on you? Right. I don't think his agent would play a prank on him. I don't know. His agent sounds kind of (laughs) shady. And then also, like, why is he bringing up Amelia? Like, it sounds I I couldn't quite tell if this was like a natural thing of like he was just asking about life. But it's like, I don't know that you would. I don't feel like Adam is the type of person that would just mention his wife. I think what it is, is, and I think they briefly mentioned it at this point, that Adam has become a bit more established in his career, so he's a little more well-known. So I think some people know stuff about him, like that he's married and stuff like that. Okay. That's what I'm thinking, at least. Okay, that would make sense. But there could also be another reason, because as Amelia just revealed, Amelia loves to write these notes at the end, like, drop a bomb. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, very dramatic. Very, but um, I guess we'll find out soon or at some point how she got him that deal. I'm, I'm interested to know. So switch back to Amelia and back to the the castle in Scotland. Adam makes his way through the trap door and Amelia holds her breath. Eventually, he finds racks full of wine. They open a bottle of red and enjoy some frozen chicken curry. They sit by the fire and she starts to finally feel content. She extends her hand for him but withdraws. She's unsure if he wants to be affectionate. Amelia hasn't been completely honest about this trip and about a lot of other things. She lets us know that if things don't go according to plan this weekend, only one of them will be going home. Girl, (sighs) what kind of messed up-ish did you get yourself involved in? I do wonder because I'm reading, I feel like Amelia's the obvious answer to kind of be like, she's like doing like, she's the one with the secret. I wonder if maybe she's just saying she won't go home and she'll live here. Maybe. Maybe. But like, what? I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, I will say it did kind of make me want to sit in front of a fire and like drink some wine. That would be nice. If, maybe watch some TV. Yeah, and not Florida. It would be nice and, and not here. Oh, yeah. It's not very Florida, hot. not in this chapel either. Just No. Else. Oh, God, no. Um, We switch back to Adam's perspective, and we learn Adam almost reaches for Amelia's hand, but she withdraws when laying by the fire, which we saw from Amelia's, and he reveals to us that he has plans for this weekend. And I'm like, to kill Amelia? Or no. to divorce her. Probably divorce. I feel like he's going to say that they should just call it. Probably, because he definitely... Amelia seems to be more hopeful about the relationship. Whereas he's very like, yeah, this is done. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Um, We learn he has adapted three of Henry Winter's novels to film. He can't seem to get excited about work, though, and wonders if he should pursue something of his own. As if reading his mind, Amelia tells him he should work on something of his own. Maybe she is a mind reader. It's creepy. They end up getting into a minor argument about him working. Adam feels as though he can't win with her, no matter what he says or does. Adam feels as though he's suffocating being with her. He pulls the crane from the wallet and plays with it. Amelia snatches it and throws it in the fire, saying he focuses too much on the past instead of the future. Adam has decided that this weekend will be the final act of their marriage. Yeah, this was a move where I was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, he pulls it out of the fire and it's just, it's like singed. I thought she would have appreciated it because it was literally from their first wedding anniversary and he kept it. So I was like, like, oh. 10 years. Yeah, like that paper. I can't. Yeah, agreed. So we have reached the second anniversary. The gift is cotton. Adam has sold the first Henry Winter adaptation for an insane amount of money. Amelia resents that they spend even less time together, and he doesn't need her input on things anymore. He took off work for their anniversary and surprised her with a trip to Hampstead Village. 
He gave her a turquoise velvet box with a key in it and reveals he bought them an old Victorian house. It, the front door was also turquoise, which is her favorite color, and she's very excited. This place is very run down. The inside was torn up a bit. A bit? It's a bit. There's, like, graffiti <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's basically, like, this chapel, but in Hampstead Village. Yeah. Uh, but Amelia is excited to fix it up. There are so many possibilities. He led her upstairs to a large bedroom with a beautifully made bed and champagne the bed sheets are 100 egyptian cotton he didn't forget the gift because cotton is a traditional gift for two years of marriage amelia has never felt more loved or lucky this was a sweet moment it was a sweet moment i'm sure it's oh. going to be ruined but it was a sweet moment it, you know yeah you know this isolated moment it was nice and you know what if someone brought me to a house and was like i bought it it's ours i'd be like hey I would be like, you did what? <laughs> you, like, unless they were able to buy it outright, I would be like, you signed us up for a mortgage without consulting me? <laughs> she did ask, I think, at one point, like, can we afford this? And he kind of hesitated, like, uh. Yeah, he lied to her. He did. Um, but, you know, she was Aww. excited and, like, it's a nice fixer-upper. Oh, I would be so mad. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I can it's a really big commitment to not like communicate about oh all right so we are back to Amelia Amelia apologizes for throwing the crane into the fire and says that she just snapped she always feels forgotten and left behind when Adam is working this time of year is also hard at work because after the holidays families who bought dogs often realize they don't want them and they return them around Valentine's Day which sucks that's really sad and it probably brings her back to like being an orphan and going from foster yeah. home to foster home i will say yeah. with amelia although she freaks me out sometimes with some of her stuff i do get a lot of sympathy for her and see a lot of her perspective yeah definitely get that emotional connection mm -hmm. adam asks why she's so angry all the time and amelia breaks down and explains how she's the only one trying in the relationship and he never asks her about her life anymore he says, or uh, she says that he makes her feel unloved and invisible. He holds her and apologizes and they kiss. They decide to have another glass of wine and have an early night. Amelia goes to get the bottle in the kitchen, but no notices the stained glass windows have no religious scenes, just faces. She then sees a white face that moves in the glass and screams. Someone is staring right at her. This reminded me, did you ever see that um, movie Strangers? No. It's like this, this couple is in a house and like this family of three puts like potato sacks on their faces and like invades their home and then like kills no. them in the end. It's oh my a, god, no. <laughs> it's a very scary movie because it's one of those scary movies where you're like, wow, that could happen. Um, anyways. I know, I, I don't watch those. Yeah, um, Not so... Not by myself. Yeah, this is pretty creepy. Just more and more spooky things coming. Although we think we're going to get a sweet moment because they do have a sweet moment where, like, he realizes that he's messed up and, like, mm -hmm. you know, he is pretty self-involved, which he has mentioned. And, like, it doesn't seem like he asks much about her and, like, really mm -hmm. takes too much of an interest in her life. Yeah. So it was good that in that moment he kind of saw that and he was able to apologize and they had, like, a sweet moment only to be ruined by, um... A rando <laughs> outside. I mean, if I window. saw a random face in the the glass staring back at me, I would I would have a conniption. I would. I I don't even. I wouldn't have been in here because I would have left by now. But... Yeah. Oh, true. I would not even. <laughs> yeah, I would not have stayed. Absolutely it's not. Just, I can't. Um, we go back to Adam's perspective. Adam runs to the kitchen, but by the time he gets there, the person is gone. Amelia had dropped the bottle of wine and he grabs a dustpan and a brush from the cupboard. She questions how he knew it was there and he hesitates to answer, but just says lucky guess. And this is where I think, did Adam set this trip up? And did he, was he the email that sent this to Amelia? Is he the housekeeper? Is he? I don't know. Maybe. How'd he know? I, I don't know. It's a great question. It's a great question. Why are you lying, Adam? Um, Adam asks if she imagined the face, and she yells at him. 
He apologizes and goes with the dog, Bob, to look outside. Bob has been acting really weird since they got there, and when they go outside, Bob starts barking and growling. Adam notices that only a few feet away, several pairs of eyes are staring at them. So creepy. I cannot. Um, We get to another letter for their third anniversary, February 28th, 2011. This one's called Leather. They spend this anniversary at a film industry party with several hundred strangers. Amelia says it must be hard for him due to not being able to make out faces. He started to bring her to these parties and ceremonies so she could whisper who was approaching them. She didn't really mind, though. Very smart. Um, She didn't really mind, though, because she enjoyed getting dressed up and eating nice food. And I'm like, mood, same. Put me in a nice outfit. Give me some free nice food. Mm -hmm. I'm down. I'll play play, uh, Emily Blunt in The Devil Wears Prada for you. Absolutely. Ooh, I would love that would be so good. That's essentially what she's doing. Basically. Yeah. That's a good movie. I saw that for the first time not too long ago. It is a good movie. However, she saw Henry Winter was on the guest list and was annoyed because she knew Adam was hoping to run into him to make another deal. They talk to some people but can't find Henry so end up leaving early and they have a romantic night at their new home. Amelia, however, reveals to us that she had actually seen Henry several times and he had been chasing them down all night. He's hiding something. She's hiding many things, but I oh, I really want to know what's going on with this Henry Winters guy. I do too, because I wonder, is it because, is she running away from him because she doesn't want him to have more work to do and maybe, like, have him succeed more? Or is she avoiding him because there's something going on because she got him the first job in the first place? Yeah. Good question. Uh-huh. Good question. So, uh, flipping back over to Amelia, Adam walks back in laughing after discovering the pairs of eyes are just the sheep they saw on the way there. He locks the door with a giant old key that Amelia had never seen before. She's <laughs> starting to feel homesick, even though she's been looking forward to this trip for a while. Where'd you Sketchy. get the key, Adam? Where'd you get the key, Adam? So weird. Mm. Amelia often feels like a failure compared to Adam. He manages. He managed to become hugely successful and be surrounded by affluent people. She often feels out of place and like she's stuck as a work in progress. Adam tells her that there's no need to feel embarrassed about imagining the face and smashing the wine bottle. This annoys Amelia, be- Amelia because she knows she didn't imagine it. She can't shake the feeling of being watched. Adam is... If you tell her one more time she's imagining something, <laughs> he wants to die. No, I'm kidding. Um, but he yeah, wants to get like yelled it. at. It's okay that you're imagining faces and ruining our wine night. I, I go, go F off. Like, He's no. poking. Um, so but, condescending. Um... And we also realize here, like, Amelia is, like, obviously we knew this, that she had an inferiority complex. It's very evident. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's, like, admitted to, you know, it's rough. Yeah, and that also made me kind of think maybe she was avoiding Henry because she didn't want him to get more successful. Yeah. Because I think she feels like she's, like, losing him. And then she often makes comments, I think, even at the party, how, like, all these people who didn't know you before all of a sudden, like, think you're so popular and, like, mm-hmm. want to be nice to you when they were rude to you in the past, like, executives and directors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think she's having a bit of that. I loved you when you were nothing. Yeah. Which like. Cool. You're his wife. Great. Uh, like. <laughs> um, This is actually an interesting point of the story because we actually get introduced to a new character named Robin. And her section starts with as soon as Amelia saw her and screamed, Robin ran off from the chapel. So it is confirmed that Amelia did not imagine a face. It was a human face, and it was this random person named Robin. Um, she was shocked, shocked to see that anyone was staying there, especially given the awful weather. And Robin is a local that lives in a cottage nearby and reveals that Blackwater has a reputation that's not good. And she is quoted by saying, Nobody in their right mind would come here at this time of year unless they wanted to get cut off from the rest of the world. Oh Very terrifying. This is like, I am right now, I'm reading this, I'm like, like feeling anxious. 
like so anxious like this is spiking my anxiety to the point where i'm like maybe i need to go text my friend who lives in the same complex and be like hey can we hang out for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) it is giving a little because it's like i know like the silent patient would make us feel like a little like ooh reading this and this one i i would say it's a little less but it's still very much like oh like I don't yeah, know. I I I really need to stop reading this stuff at night. <laughs> like I, I need to go walk my dogs. You need to read this in the morning. Yeah. Um, I will say I am, you know, that is an interesting comment, and it's just making me think. I'm like, because at first I was like, Amelia's trying to kill Adam. But now I'm like, I I'm I don't know. I'm leaning towards Adam having the secret, but I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. Um Robin has been watching them since they arrived, amazed that they even made it there given the weather. She noticed they were tired and worn down and that the door to the chapel was locked. She had to let them in. So this reveals that the door didn't just open by itself. And it actually wasn't a creepy person, I guess, in the house that opened it. It was Robin, who could still be creepy. Which, like, how did Robin let them in? Why does Robin have a key to this chapel? Oh, that's a good question, actually, now that you mention it. Like, she's surprised to see them. So she's not the housekeeper. She didn't send the email. So how did she... Why does she have a key to the chapel? Yeah, and I I didn't get the vibe that she would necessarily, like, hang out there. Like, I don't know. It almost feels like she avoids the place based off what she said. But maybe she knows there's a spare key somewhere. I don't know. That's a good question that i did not think of katie she was amazed by amelia's fashion and long blonde hair robin has long gray hair and often just dresses to keep warm she watches the couple all night and is surprised the couple don't look scared at all she knows that coming here however was a poor choice so much foreshadowing i don't i mean they're really hitting the paint hard with the foreshadowing like in every page it's like it's basically like in every page this was an awful decision just go back to amelia adam has amelia go down to the crypt to get more wine and to face her fears she notices that he closes every door behind them she makes her way down and turns on the light when she finds the wine the lights go out and the door slams shut she screams adam's name but he doesn't answer and she's left in the dark i would murder him if he did this on purpose i would cry no. um i feel like at this done. point it probably was something like oh he did it on purpose or it was an accident because i feel like anytime they leave off apart trying to act like oh something creepy's happening yeah it's kind of like not that bad but it could be something because noted he's she notes that he shuts every door after it's which like, could be why? innocuous but could also be something else that i don't know but i thought it was an interesting tidbit yeah I don't like either one of these two people. Um, I don't trust either one of these two people. They are sketch magetch. Like, they might as well be a shoe. Sketchers. Sketchers. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. No, I don't want to like this. Yeah. This um, This is very creepy. But that's it with kind of our first episode about it because that was just the first 75 pages a lot of build up a lot of laying the groundwork for where they're at in both of their feelings mm-hmm. and kind of what their core issues are yeah. and definitely laying down the groundwork for this place they're at being creepy yes and i will say um i'm excited to read the rest of it katie like where are you leaning towards like who do you think has the secret do you think it's adam or do you think it's amelia well they I both think, have secrets i think but who, yes, has, they... who has the worst one <laughs> right now i think i'm leaning towards adam just because Same. he's he's the he's the like non-obvious choice because like the email went to amelia amelia supposedly won this through her work like so I I feel like there's something going on with Adam. I don't really understand Robin's like point in this story yet. Obviously, like I don't think we're supposed to. Um, 
Yeah, we only got the one yeah. part, so. Yeah, like I for do, sure, I, Adam. I do, too. I was thinking Amelia reading it, but then as reading more, I kind of get got more to thinking it was Adam. And yeah, I agree. I just feel like Amelia's a bit too obvious, which it mm-hmm. could still be her. Like, you never know. Yeah. But um, there's just little details with Adam that I'm like, you're... Also, I feel like Amelia's just more emotionally honest, and we're getting more of her perspective. True, but I feel like... Especially with the letters. Yeah, when you have the letters. And I also feel like Adam is just kind of, like, emotionally stunted. Like, I'm wondering if there's something with him being, like, face blind that also um, affects his ability to connect with people on, like, kind of any level. And so I think because of that, there's, like, a certain level of of emotional immaturity. So I feel like that's, like, I think he's a very, like, emotionally stunted person. I think I do agree with that, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's pretty, it's truly, like, I'm very interested in this book. Like, I'm in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to know what happened. But with that being said, that's it for today's episode. Next week, we're going to cover the next 75, roughly 75 pages of the book. So read along with us, you know. And thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can mm-hmm. find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And, and send us, us an email. Yes. If you want to tell us, us your theories. At the literary latte podcast at gmail.com. Yes. If you send a good theory, we'll read it on the pod. Yes. And we're also on Instagram and TikTok, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, at the Literary Latte Podcast. So follow us on that. And also to see, again, how we are TikTok connoisseurs. Okay? Stars. Um, Honestly, stars. Truly. With that being said, thank you all so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.